Our first scripture reading is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans, 12, 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned you. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Our second reading is from the book of Acts 17, 24 through 28. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Here ends the readings, the words that are a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. So did you know that Monsters, Inc. came out about 15 years ago? (laughs) It doesn't seem hardly possible, does it? In fact, this is a VHS. (laughs) I don't even know if I have anything to play it on. So so I talked to the children in this message. They've probably seen um, Monsters University, which was just a couple years ago. Things change so fast, don't they? It's just almost hard to keep up with it. I wrote my sermon in in bed on my laptop. So when I learned how to type, I learned in high school on a huge electric typewriter, the kind that, you know, that was loud and hot. And and can you imagine taking that to bed to write a sermon? (laughs) So how many of you were able to participate in JWW? It was really fun, wasn't it? I love JWW. We brought radical theology to Colorado Springs. Yeah. Thank you, James Wilder and White and all of the, the committee that contributed to making that happen. 
I wanted to apply some of what Rollins talked about this weekend, this past weekend, to church membership. Partly because we're having some members join today. And partly because I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, In some churches today, you don't go through the process of joining to become a member. Just showing up and participating is your joining. And this change has evolved as a way of preventing this insider-outsider feeling and joining and being a member of a church. So it makes it more of a, a welcoming church. However, that's kind of hard to track church growth. And um, I think maybe that might be one of the reasons why it looks like the church is dying when there are so many people who are, who are really searching and are spiritually hungry. If people are not formally joining the church, then maybe it's hard to measure where they are and how they're involved. Just as typing has changed, so has the concept of membership. I was born in the 50s, late 50s, <laughs> when it was culturally expected that you would identify yourself with a religion, and if you were Christian, you would identify with a denomination. Now, the Christian culture was an effort to create this norm of civility in the American culture. Instead, it created more division, with Christian denominations denominations distinguishing themselves over and against each other. For instance, in families, marrying somebody from another denomination, let alone a different faith, was frowned upon and could be grounds for being ostracized from the family clan. It it brings division to nations as they are ripped apart by war over the designation of religious preference. Take, for instance, Ireland, Peter Rollins, home. Out of the chaos grew the yearnings of the Christian unity as mainline denominations grew increasingly rigid in their self-definition. There were some who distanced themselves from the fray and decided to take Jesus seriously about unity. These denominations came together to see if there was more that they could agree with than disagree with. And out of that effort emerged the United Church of Christ in 1959. Still, membership in the mainline denominations of which UCC is counted has declined. That, of course, raises all kinds of questions. Is the term membership a beneficial way of appropriately counting people connected with the congregation? Maybe not. The concept of membership has changed. As an American adult, you can be considered a member of political party, a gym where you work out or where you don't work out, (laughs) any number of organizations and causes. Every sales card offers a membership that includes a special offer. Membership has gotten so common, it hardly means much anymore. Or some folks don't become members because they think they would be rejected if anyone knew their secrets. If people knew this about me, would they even want me as a member? Do they want to know what ghosts lurk in my closet that I'm not even willing to look at? Like Groucho Marx's letter of resignation to the Friars Club, I don't want to belong to any club that would accept me as a member. (laughs) Or maybe it's another question. How can I be a member of a church I don't even know what I believe? 
Or, I don't think I believe half that stuff that churches say they believe in. And do I want to belong to a group of people who put on a, a good front in the midst of life? People who are haunted by their own ghosts and disbelief? Who wants to belong to a haunted house? In this congregation, you can do just about anything without being an official member. You belong just by participating in worship, serving on committees or ministry teams, doing outreach, coming to events, or faith formation, being a part of the prayer shawl ministry or any, num any other number of ministries and social groups, or by giving financially. By becoming a member of this congregation, you are allowed four major advantages. <laughs> One, you can serve on the council. <laughs> the most responsible leadership position with the most accountability. Or two, you can serve on the mission giving and outreach committee discerning the outreach focus of this congregation and overseeing financial responsibility. Or three, you can serve as a Stephen minister, trained to minister to those most vulnerable. Or four, you can vote at an annual meeting. Your vote is responsible for the direction we take as a congregation through our budget, selected leadership, proposals around identity, like the Just Peace we voted on, and actions involving all of our resources and even voting on a new lead minister. Oh yeah, there's another one. You get a little green name tag. <laughs> so what does it mean to become a member of this congregation? It means that you've chosen this community to be your spiritual home it becomes a safe place to explore how you believe, not just what you believe. You are saying, I'm in to something larger than yourself. To be a member is more than just showing up to a facility like a gym. It's more than a financial transaction like Costco, where you receive discounts. Being a member is recognizing that there is more to this life than what you see in front of you that God is still speaking through scriptures and sermons and fellowship, through study and actions of this local church. That you are available to listen to what God might be saying to this world, and you like the way the congregation is responding. And you want to join them in their efforts. No one's going to send you a bill. No one's going to require you to join. No one's going to tell you what to believe. No longer does our cultural pressure us to belong to some faith tradition to get ahead in this life or the next. Listen to the Romans text again from the common English Eugene Peterson's interpretation. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Or J.B. Phillips, don't let the world around you squeeze you into a mold. Live authentically. Be renewed. Discern. Test what you know about being children of God, disciples of Christ, members of the church. 
Nowhere in Scripture does it say you must be a member of the local church. What it says is that we who are many are the body of Christ, and we are exhorted to live as one. And we pull together in one common goal revealed to us through community. We join the ground of all being, the breath of life, the spirit of God, and the renewing of all creation. We are not just a member who joins by signing on a dotted line. We are parts of a body, a movement, a force empowered by the mystery we call God. Each of us has gifts, ordinary gifts like teaching and coaching, listening and caring, envisioning and energizing, leading and guiding. To be in Christ is to be a member of Jesus' people and who claim that unity because of their obvious diversity, not in spite of it. And yes, all of that is true, whether you go through the joining ceremony and officially become a member of the church or not. So why become a member? We join to honor the relationship between God, ourselves, and this local congregation. We do not join an institution we join one another. With the postmodern flavor of collapsing that in inherited expectations of membership that says everyone must join a church to call themselves something, we say you are already something. Join us and share who you are. In the spirit of 2 Corinthians 5.18 verse, God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Becoming a member means that you take seriously that this is a people where it is safe to reconcile any pain or damage, losses or traumas of our life, the ghosts that haunt us, to face our lack of understanding, our lack of forgiveness, our lack of hope, our lack of love, that haunts our quiet hours with the fear that not only membership, but church, faith, life itself feels meaningless sometimes. Reconcile that we are not alone in this lack, that in our lack we can gather together and with the sheer number of who we are, be brave enough to face our ghosts. In facing our ghosts, we make them holy. And they are holy because they set us free from crippling fear. And in that freedom, we move and we live and we have our being in a world where reconciliation is possible at all levels of existence. Then becoming a member of this body is not a casual association, but a relational commitment to be there for each other. A place where we share our ghost stories and our honest fears that haunt us. A place where no one shies away from hard questions about faith and they don't try to fix them or explain them away. A place where we can't hide behind pat answers and easy solutions. A place where we can hold each other accountable. And a place where we can live authentically in the world. That sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? I think it should. In the metaphor of Peter Rollins, Welcome to the haunted house. Amen. <laughs>